0: I'm going to read in our in your hearing tonight, uh, Deuteronomy chapter eight, and I'm going to start reading verses one through verse five. Deuteronomy chapter eight, verse one through five. Uh, I'm going to ask you to grab it in your bibles or your smart device, and when you get it, will you stand with me for the reading of God's word? And this will be the last time I ask you to stand. Uh, if you stand, uh, you know. Uh, again, we're going to be closing when I ask you to stand, but. If you stand between that, that's between you and God. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 1 through verse 5. When you have it, say, I have, I have the bread. All the commandments which I command thee this day shall ye observe to do that ye may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers and thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these 40 years in the wilderness to humble thee to prove thee to know what was in thine heart whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or no and he did it he humbled thee and suffer thee to hunger, and fed thee with manna, which thou knewest not, neither did thy fathers know. That he might make thee know that man doth not live by bread only, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. Your clothes did not wax old upon thee, neither did thy foot swell these forty years. Last verse thou shalt also consider in thy heart that as a man chasteneth his son, so the Lord thy God chasteneth thee. And all of God's people said amen. On your way to your seat, just shout at somebody to tell them, I've got to pass this test. Amen. I've got to pass this test. You know, we, we live in a... Um, What I call an information age Um, anything you need to know about anything as a matter of fact if somebody bring up a topic we can't help but to to google it right we can find out information about anything at the push of a button but this can kind of be misleading because people come off as though they know everything because they have information Mm, It can be misleading because although this is an age of information, it does not mean it's an age of knowledge. My aunt had a has an issue with our church because I moved my family out of a small town into not a large city, but a larger town, a larger city, Lynchburg. And my aunt had a little issue with her car and she was like. Look like to me one of the brothers at the church ought to know how to, you know, listen for it and see what's wrong with it. I told her, I said, no, you got to take it to a mechanic shop. She said, this ain't the way we grew up. There was always somebody in the neighborhood, Junior Adams or a man named Willie. Here says, I'll come over there when I get off of work. And he said, now, what kind of noise is it making, you know? And he said, oh, oh that's your carburetor right there, you know? All you need to do is patch your gas a little bit. They tell you what to do. Not this generation. Now, we got information about how it works. But we don't have much knowledge of how it works. You see, you can Google how to change the oil in your car and get the information, but it doesn't mean you have knowledge on how to do it. See, knowledge means you don't just have information, but you have experience. Knowledge is knowing, and that's why it's... can. It's very misleading in the social media media generation because I was coming through the airport really early the other morning in D.C. I was heading somewhere and a woman stopped me. She said, oh, my goodness. And she looked at her daughter. She says, who is that? And the daughter says, Bishop S.Y. Younger. And I said, oh, okay, it's nice to meet you. She said, I just said this morning, I'm coming through D.C. Would it be nice if I ran into Bishop Younger? And I went to explain to her. I said, well, you know, I actually only live here. Yeah, she said, you only live here half of the week. The other half you live in Lynchburg. I said, oh, okay. Yeah, she said, because your church, I know where you're going because I saw it on your itinerary. You'll be preaching so-and-so tonight. And that thing scared me. And the the brother who was serving me was somewhere getting coffee or something. I was like, where you at? You supposed to be protecting me. She know too much. That can be misleading because she had all that information. But after all that information she has about me, she still doesn't know me. And there, there are people that think they know us because they work with us. Hallelujah. But knowledge means you have intimacy with it. And that's, and that's what life does for us. Life is our school of knowledge. It gives us the opportunity to experience subjects and situations up close and personal. It's one thing to read about parenting. But when you have your own kid, you know, all them books, it's one thing to read about starting a business. But until you take your savings or somebody else's money and invest in it, it's different. It's one thing to read about marriage and see people's beautiful wedding pictures on I.G., But the marriage, the the wedding is one thing, and the marriage is something totally different. It's one thing uh, to read about ministry and go to a conference about how to do this. But I'm telling you, life, life experiences will teach you in ways that a website and a book can't teach you. Now, I know we all got goals and we all have our destinations and our spiritual GPS in mind, but. But I want you to look at somebody and tell your neighbor, the journey will teach you. As a matter of fact, the journey uh, will sometimes make you second guess your goals. I'm serious. You'll be excited about starting and you get on that journey. It will make you question that you hear what you thought you heard. My goodness. Yes, the journey will do it to you. The, The journey will make you change some of your desires and say, oh, I don't want that. And with any academic institution, after so many sessions and classes and lectures, it comes a time where you have to be tested on what you've heard and you have to be tested on what you've been taught. You have to be tested on what you've been exposed to. You must be tested. I need to say this because sometimes. And our evangelistic approach and telling people to get saved or even come to our church it's almost like come on over here where the table is spread and the feast of the lord is going on yes there's a feast but also with the feast has come frustrations yes come over and get saved yes you're going to reign with him but you also must suffer with him look at your neighbor tell your neighbor it's all a part of the journey paul said that i may know him in the power of his resurrection and in the fellowship of his sufferings, we must be tested we must be tested yes you had a dream and god gave you a dream god gave you a vision but i'm telling you after that thing has been declared and after that thing has been spoken after that thing has been posted i'm telling you everything around you is going to be test to what you professed that's why i tell some people don't post too early don't talk too soon. Somebody say amen. Listen to what First Peter 4 and 12 says. Beloved, do not be surprised or shocked at every fiery ordeal which comes to test you. That is to test the quality of your faith. Don't act as though some strange thing is happening to you. I need you to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, warfare is normal for the saints. We must say this because if we don't say this, people will treat the church as though the church is a daycare and the church was never set up to be a daycare. This is an army. Come on, somebody. This is a military. Some, somebody, uh, somebody on social media, I want to give them a shout out, uh, uh, made a video against me recently because I was singing the song. Me and the devil had a tussle and I won. And their argument was. You know, no, we're, we don't have to fight. You know, the battle is the Lord's. Yes, the battle is the Lord's, but we still got to fight. It's why he tells us the book, book of Ephesians, put on all that armor. He didn't tell us to put on an armor just for the IG picture. Oh, look at my helmet. No, 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 no. You need a helmet on your head for God to keep your mind protected. Come on. Hallelujah. You need a breastplate to cover your heart. And if you don't have to fight anything, you got to fight the fight of faith. I need you to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, sometimes you have to fight to believe. Okay, uh, maybe that was kind of weak. Come on, lay hands on your own chest and tell somebody, sometimes I have to fight to believe. Oh, yeah, I know you see me in church, and I can quote all the scriptures, but there are moments where my present situation don't look like the scriptures I've been beginning to begin to declare. Sometimes I will pray for healing, and there are times after I pray for healing, the symptoms still seem like they're prevailing, and I have to fight to keep believing that God is a healer. Somebody shout hallelujah. Don't act like some strange thing. Test or normal part of our spiritual academic progression i want to give you a few points and then i'll close out tonight number one the test exposes where you are oh it does because you can sit in the class and be like amen that's right i know that's right yeah this is the class but the test is when the class is over after the lecture has been heard and Monday, will test what you heard on Sunday. And this is why when you're in church, you got to pay attention. It's not enough just to have a, an emotional experience with God. God is also intellectual. He to have an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. I believe if you pay attention when the preacher is preaching and the scriptures are being taught, you won't need all these counseling sessions that you need. It, I'm not I'm not against counseling I believe in mental health counseling I believe in therapy but I feel like the saints are sometimes overdosing on stuff outside of the sanctuary when there's help in the sanctuary y'all sitting tight on me but I'm a preach anyway I don't need I preach to stuff the animals that don't say nothing I need you to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor wake up and pay attention because your answer is in the sanctuary tell somebody tell them your is in the sanctuary that's why I can't afford to keep missing services That's why I can't afford to not open my Bible. I can't wait to come to church before I get in the word of God. Hallelujah. If you wait all week before you eat, you're going to start starving. And some people are spiritually starving because they won't open up the word. I don't feel like I'm being fed. Yeah, you ain't being fed. My, My mother says when you get to a certain age, when you're hungry, the food is in the kitchen. Somebody say amen. The test exposes where you are because you can think you are somewhere in God that you're not I'm serious you can think church can kind of uh, can kind of mislead you because we are enamored by people's gifts it's possible to be greatly gifted strongly skillful and greatly immature that's why you don't elevate people based upon their gifts You don't put people in leadership based upon their skill. I would rather put somebody who is not as gifted in place and let God mature their gift and let them lead with the maturity they already have than to put somebody greatly gifted in place who don't even desire spiritual maturity. You got to be careful because a test will show you where you are. I know you say you got the Holy Ghost. When I was growing up, and I still believe, I still believe we who are part of this Pentecostal apostolic culture. I still believe theologically that in the New Testament, every time we saw someone experience the baptism of the Holy Ghost, that the initial sign, I don't say evidence and y'all can fight me over it later, but the initial sign of the baptism of the Num of God was speaking in tongues and it was so, and, and it is important to us but it was so important to us that we got by people's ears so we could sign off on it because we want to hear your tongues and I, I still listen for the tongues but I don't just listen for tongues after all them tongues I want to see your fruit because you can make up a sign but you can't fake the fruit the Bible says you ain't going to know them by their sign you're going to know them by the fruit they bear And the fruit is love. Not just this love that that the world has. It's joy. Not just the joy that the world has. Holy Ghost love that allow you to love people who hate your guts. Holy Ghost love that will give you joy when you feel like there's nothing around you that should give you joy. Is there anybody in this room, you got Holy Ghost joy. Holy. You got peace that don't make sense. The scripture call it peace that surpasses all understanding. What kind of joy do you got in the Holy Ghost? Joy unspeakable and full of glory. It ain't got no void with it. Tell your neighbor, that's what the Holy Ghost will do. And we'll see when you test it, after you get up from speaking in tongues, After you finish shaking the preacher's hand. John, Oh, I'm saved now. Where you are in God will be exposed by your test. And I want to say to you, if you don't do well in the test, my desire tonight is not to beat you up if you didn't do well on your last test. It's to tell you, your test shows you what you need to work on. Come on, somebody. Because maybe you're not as patient as you thought you were. <laughs> Hey, maybe you're not as gentle as you thought you were. Maybe maybe you're not where you are in God like you considered you were. Tests will expose where you are. Number two, tests are also a vote of confidence. A vote of confidence by the instructor. Hear me now. If if an instructor gives you a test, that's because the instructor believes that you can pass it. I don't know how it is in your school system here uh, uh brother Elliot, and i know we have, may have some people who work in the halls of academia here in canada but in the u.s if too many of your students are failing your tests they don't question the students they start questioning the instructor so the mere fact oh i feel the lord here the mere fact that the teacher has put a test in front of you. It means they believe you can pass it. And somebody in this room feel like your test is your punishment. But actually your test is God's bragging on you hallelujah i need you to tell somebody god must be bragging on me because it seems like here lately i've been dealing with one test don't y'all leave me out here by myself look like i've been dealing with one test after the other that's god's vote of confidence i need you to push somebody tell them you can handle this you scratching your head and feeling like you're gonna lose your mind you don't have time to lose your mind you don't need to lose Use your mind. You need your mind to count your money. Tell your neighbor, pass this test. Pass it. Don't, don't shut down, but pass it. Because this is the confidence of the Lord over your life. As a matter of fact, when you read the, the book of Job, we read it in a very romantic way. Uh, the, the story of Job for us is a nice, for some people, a nice fictitious, fictional story and account Of a man who went through great pressure. But if Job was here tonight. He would tell you no I lived this out. But Job didn't have the book of Job to read. Hallelujah. Imagine Job didn't have the book of Job to read. All he knows is everything is good. And all of a sudden all hell breaks loose in his life. Everything is good. Then all of his children die. A multiple casket funeral in one day. All that he had economically went crashing down. He didn't have the book of Job to read. But now we're looking in hindsight and we're reading his account, and we find out that the only reason why Job is dealing with what he's dealing with is because God bragged on him. Oh, y'all gotta look at the scripture. The Bible said it, it, it was in a day where the sons of God, which are angelic beings, went before the throne of Yahweh. And the Bible says, and Satan came with them. I already got an issue with that because I'm trying to figure out why is Satan having permission to come join the angels around the throne of God. But then God speaks and I'm waiting for God to say, get out of here. But God doesn't say that. God asked Satan a question. He said, where you been? Where you been? And even in the presence of the Lord, a liar got to tell the truth. And what did the liar say? He says, I've been going to and fro. My God, and who I can devour it was God it wasn't Satan it wasn't Satan because Satan is not omniscient it was God that says have you considered my servant Job? I need you to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor consider this God brought your name up Hallelujah. I want you to consider this some of you have been going through some strange warfare lately and it seemed like the test has been challenging but I want to tell you consider that God brought your name up he says have you considered my servant Job. He said you can touch everything but you can't take his life. Hallelujah. The test are the vote of confidence of the instructor. Tell your neighbor you can pass this. Uh, my point number three is for me to remind you tonight that you already got the answers you already got the answers. some of us have test anxiety as long as we're in the class and the teacher is asking questions uh, and we're in a and we're in a class environment we're in a discussion format we know all the answers but it's something about that paper being in front of us or that computer screen hallelujah it can make you forget your first and your last name. you're looking at the part that says name and you're you say okay what's my name what's my name fear will do that fear will make you forget everything you thought you knew but i want to remind you that you got the answers i literally tell you neighbor, you already got the answers the answers are already on the inside of you many of you have heard me tell the story how my grandmother sent me on a journey uh, to, to the neighbor's house to get some items and when i got to the neighbor's house on my bike i got all the items and i put them in a and I like a grocery store bag because in the country we don 't throw away nothing there 's a whole drawer that 's full of Walmart bags i see some of y'all in here too we don't throw away nothing every container oh we can use that that's a good that, that's a good take to work container uh-huh i don't care how stained it is it still works amen and, and so she gave me a bag and i put it on the bar handle of my bicycle and i was on my way back to my grandmother's house but on my way back to my grandmother's house a dog came out of nowhere and when that dog came out, I'm, I listen, I know y'all say y'all's dog don't bite, but I don't like dogs, especially the ones I don't know. And you said don't bite, but I'm saying that it has teeth. So it, the dog's teeth tells me it has potential. My Lord. And, and so, but when the dog came after me, I jumped off the bike and I ran and I lost my sh- one of my shoes. I lost the bag with my grandmother's items. And when I got to my grandmother's house, with uh, my heart beat, fast and can't catch my breath hyperventilation she said what's wrong what's wrong I said mama I said a dog came after me she said where's your bicycle I said I jumped off the bicycle and and let me tell you something now we understand verbal abuse and all that we didn't understand that then you know people just talk the way they talk my grandma said are you stupid what's wrong with you she said you had a better chance in getting away from the dog if you would have stayed on the bike somebody in this room you're jumping off of your answer when God says I've already given you what you need to pass this test I want you to pull on somebody tell them you already got the answers Listen to what Jesus said to the disciples. He says, get in the ship because we're going to the other side. Oh, my God, Kobe, I feel like preaching to myself right here. And listen, he said, he says, he said, get in the ship because we're going to the other side. Jesus said to the disciples, he said, get in the ship because we're going to. The, what did Jesus say? He told them to do what? Get in the ship. Why? He tell him to get in the ship. Because we're going to the other side. And then a storm came. A storm came in the middle of the Lake Gennesaret. What some call the Sea of Galilee. And when the storm came. The disciples says wake up Jesus. We are about to die. My God. We're about to die. And you know we grew up saying. If you call on Jesus he'll answer prayer. And if you get in trouble call on Jesus. Well they called on Jesus. And Jesus rebuked them. He called them faithless. He called them, oh, ye of little faith. Now, why did Jesus rebuke them? Because the miracle was already in the instructions. Their future was established when Jesus says, get in the ship, my God, because we're going to the other side you to touch three people and I need you to get the three people tell them you already got the answer why are you having an anxiety attack why are you having stress you're stressing yourself out pacing back and forth scream at somebody tell them you already got the answer Jesus says we're going to the other side so I don't care what kind of storm you face on the middle I don't care what kind of challenge you got to deal with in the beginning when Jesus says something you can count it done I need about 50 of you to clap your hands and i already got the answer i already got the answer god hasn't changed his mind i already got the answer the bible said the bible says that he told them we're going to the other side that means whatever you're going through in the middle can't kill you you already you already got the answers sometimes you got to center yourself you got to steal yourself in the presence of the Lord and rehearse what God told you in the beginning because you'll start a business and then there are days you'll look at your business and you got more bills than you got sales and you'll have to remind yourself hold on no the Lord told me to start this business you'll get married and hallelujah then you'll start reminiscing that it was easier when I was single and you have to get still and no no my marriage is not about me hallelujah God called me to this family you'll start a ministry and there are days you'll open up the door you'll wonder is anybody coming through the door you have to remind yourself of what you knew before you got started because some of your strongest warfare and some of your greatest conflict is not going to be external your greatest conflict is going to be internal your greatest battle is in your mind somebody lay hands on your head and say lord save my mind I know my soul is saved, but Lord, save my mind because there are moments where your mind will start playing tricks on you and make you question did you make the right decision. But I need you to tell somebody, remind them, tell them you got the answer. You got the answer. What God said in the beginning still stands. I need somebody to clap your hands and shout the promise still stands. I said the promise Test tests are there to prove the quality of what's being produced and I know we don't like tests but the quality of what you have and what you're producing is determined by how well it passed the test of inspection. I want you to know God is so committed to the quality of your character and the integrity of His name that He will not let you move forward without passing the test. And some of us need to label it correctly because some things that we're calling warfare is just the truth we just haven't passed the test and God is so committed to your character in him and in the integrity of his name that he will let you face a situation more than once until you learn the lesson I know y'all won't go say nothing right there if you don't believe me you read the book of judges in the book of judges the people would turn away from God and when they turned away from God God would raise up their enemies now let that mess with your theological Mind, I said, God, how do you rebuke something when God ordered it? Mm. The Bible says that God would raise up their enemies, and when God would raise up their enemies, their enemies would overtake them. And when the enemies would overtake them, they would then cry out to God. And when they would cry out to God, then God would save them. And after God saved them, about two weeks later, then they would start worshiping idol gods. And when they would start worshiping idol gods, God would raise up their their enemy. And when God would raise up their enemy, the enemy would overtake them. And once the enemy would overtake them, then they would cry out to God. And when they cried out to God, then God would save them. Two weeks later, y'all don't hear what I'm saying. Some of us, we need to take a census of our lives and look back over the last two years and say, hold up, I've been here before. It might be different characters, but it's the same plot. It may be different situations but it's the same different come on I need you to hear what I'm saying to you tonight look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor discover the pattern God wants me to pass this test God wants me to get past it but he will not transfer me to the next level until I face this test screaming somebody tell him I gotta pass this test and this is what we see and this is what we see in Deuteronomy chapter 8, this is the dialogue in the Torah. This is We're watching the progression of God's chosen people. And when I call them God's chosen people, I call them cho- God's chosen people not because they're more special than we are. All of God's children are special. God calls Israel the firstborn, not the onlyborn. That means if first is indicative of con- something being consecutive. That means if there's a first, there's a second. So when we say they're God's chosen people chosen for what chosen there would be a, a nation the bible said, of priests and kings what what is a priest a priest is one that goes in the middle hallelujah stands proxy god will use the firstborn as many of us who are the firstborn firstborn doesn't come with special rights as much as it comes with responsibility god says i'm going to use israel to show you a picture of yourself i'm going to use the nation of israel to show you what you look like he calls them the apple of my eye and he also calls them stiff neck (laughs) he calls them chosen and he also calls them rebellious and i know i know some of us don't want to embrace that but the truth is we are anointed uh, and we're challenging come on come on We're, we're, we're gifted but we got some stuff with us. Let us all get delivered in here tonight. Look at somebody tell them, I got some stuff with me. God, no, y'all didn't say it. Look at, no, open up your mouth. Tell somebody, I got some stuff with me. Come on, tell them, I got some funny ways. Come on. Oh, See, the reason why some of you can't say it because you haven't come to grips with it yet. Everybody around you know about your funny ways. Tell somebody, I got some funny ways. There's some stuff about me that keeps me on the altar. I'm not dead yet. I'm saved, but I'm not dead. Come on, I got the Holy Ghost, but there's still some stuff in me that God is working with. And working in me, and working out of me, and He said, "Listen," He says, "I'm bringing y'all out of Egypt, a system of sin, a system of bondage, and I'm going to bring you to a promised land. Not just any land, but a land that's promised." Hallelujah! I'm bringing you. You already your 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 forefather already has the deed, but you're going to walk in the fulfillment of it. You're going to be able to touch the manifestation of it, and the Bible says. They're ready. Let's go. Let's go to that place that's promised. But it seems like they got lured in with the promise and dropped off into a process. And they ended up there a little longer than anticipated. It's one thing when you go through a test. But what happens when you finish page one and you flip? Oh, it's another page. Okay. Oh, and another page. And, And another page. A longer test. A longer duration than you desire. Because if everything happened and God turned around everything in 72 hours, who wouldn't stick it out? If everything, if joy coming in the morning was tomorrow morning, who would struggle in their faith? No. But the truth is, there's seasons of your life where you're going to have to suffer long. That's right. And the test. Will be longer than you desire. And you anticipate. That's right. Hmm. And it's going to test your endurance. And now here's Israel says. Hold up. Where's the promised land? Hallelujah. To the point. They're in this middle place. Called wilderness. Where, where the GPS is not working. You know you in the country. When sister GPS. She don't even reroute. She just be like. Hmm. I mean, one time the GPS took me down a dead end street, I was overlooking the water, and I said, Huh? Oh, and she was like, mm. <laughs> I'm up until that. She was like, turn left, turn right. Oh, you will it, it's gonna be on the left. Then she just said, mm. <laughs> What happens when the voices around you that could give you a reference for where you are? Now they're silent. They're in, a, they're, in a, they're in a middle place. Now it's not where they were, but it's also not where God promised. And some of you can't be honest about it because you feel guilty to complain about where you are because you are blessed, right? I mean, it is a good job. Somebody wish they could have it, but it ain't the job that you went to school for. It ain't what you do. Oh, I'm, I'm thankful for my ministry, but it's not what I thought it would be right now. And many of us are having tension because of another T word time. And time starts to make us feel Oh, y'all not going to say nothing to me in here now. Time will make us feel that maybe I missed my turn. Maybe I missed my opportunity. And the Bible says we're supposed to be chosen. And we're in this tri-place. And, and what that middle place would do, it will start making you romanticize your past. It'll make you start looking back and say, well, at least in Egypt... We had leeks and onions and we had watermelon. We have fruit. Now we got to wait every day. We got to trust God every day. And some of us, that trust test is very complicated. Why? It's not because we don't love God. We just don't like depending on anything and anybody else. We like being in control. We like to know where the money coming from and what time it's going to get here. We like to be able to control our environment. But some of you, God got you at a place where you got to trust him. Even the food that came every day was called, what is this? That's what manna means. What is this? We don't even know where it's coming from and what it contains. What I do know, everything in it was enough to to sustain them for, for the whole period of the wilderness. I need you to look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, I don't have everything I want. But tell them, but God is sustaining me let me tell you something when you in the will of God, i know some of you you may not be making the amount of money that you used to make i know i know a whole lot happened since covid you may not have the money you used to have but will you look at the miracle that god has been stretching your money if that ain't your testimony you ain't got to be honest about it but i need somebody that says god has been stretching my money some kind of way every time that something needs to be paid he makes a way out of no way so I'm trusting God. I just don't like it. I don't like it. I would rather be the person giving. I don't want to be the person receiving. I, I like the control. I like to, to know how everything is going to pan out. I'll never forget when I walked in our storefront church one day and I went to flip on the light switch and the lights didn't come on. <laughs> people don't people don't know that part of my story. And, and the light switch did the lights didn't come on. I went on and got some candles from the store next door. And when everybody walked in, I told them, I said, uh, don't to touch the lights. We're going to have prayer tonight. <laughs> we don't need no music. Everybody, we're just going to pray tonight. And when it was over with, I had to tell my mother and a couple of people, I said, y'all, the lights is off. They said, okay, we just got to get the money together to get the lights back on. I never forget telling God one day, after one challenge after the other, I says, I'll be so glad when I can get... To a place where I never have to worry about where the money is coming from. And the Lord spoke to me and says, you really want to get to a place where you don't have to trust me and I'll never let you get there. So I went from believing God for $700 a month to $7,000 a month. $70,000 $70,000 you don't hear what I'm saying and it's been increasing every year of how much I have to believe God for but now I'm finally getting to a place as the numbers of what I need increases I look at it, I said well he did it last year Hallelujah! Same God. I, I come to. I come to. I come to resuscitate somebody's faith tonight. You're gonna have to trust Him like you never have to trust Him before. Tell you, neighbor, it's just a test. Don't lose your mind in the process. It's just a test. Because how can God trust you with more if you don't pass the test of trust on this level? Listen what He says. He says. He said, hold on, we thought we would be here by now. Y'all got to read the scripture, Deuteronomy chapter 8. And then he says, oh. now we know the reason why they ended up in the wilderness because they had disobedience and they was rebellious. But then you look a little closer. The Lord says, I could have got you there sooner. But I took you this way. Whoosh. I took you this way. Hold on, the long way? Mm-hmm. It was me. I was behind it the whole time. Could have got you there in a few days. But why would the God I love make it hard for me? (sighs) No, because this is what happens. You all miss, y'all miss something when we're having this conversation because we don't want to deal with it theologically that God allowed Satan to come to his throne. Just like Jesus gave the demons permission to go where they wanted to go. <laughs> why would God bring up Job's name to the devil and give him permission to attack him? And why would the demons say, please don't throw us, throw us out of the region. We want to stay in the region. Let us go to the pigs. Why are you allowing demons to negotiate with you? And he says, okay, go to the pigs. No, tell them, get out of here. Don't you say, no, go to the pigs. And what happened to the pigs? They ran over the cliff violently. Some of us going to get a revelation. Hallelujah. That God and Satan are not on the same level. God has no rival. Oh, I feel like church in here. God has no equal they are not on the same level. I know what the cartoon shows, God on one side and the devil on the other side. No, you have to realize something that the punishment of Satan is that he's a servant to God. Huh. that there's nothing that Satan can do to you or to your family without God giving him permission. I know that I know that's hard without giving him permission. To the point, oh my God, to the point everything does to try to destroy you it sets you up for destiny that's why Paul says in Romans chapter 8 verse 28 we don't know a whole lot but what we do know is that all things what work together for the good I need somebody to jump up and shout it's working for me it's working it's working hey everything the devil tried is working everything the enemy threw my way is working for there is no weapon that stormed against me, that shall be able to prosper. Mm-hmm. So, why would, why would you do this? He says, I took you this way. I took you, this, I took you the long way. Play softly so I can finish. I took you the long way to, pr- to prove you. Because <laughs> when I bring you out, nobody's going to be able to take it from you. No one would be able to take credit for it. I took you. We could have had a one-stop shop. Blow up church. Right? No, Lord said, uh-uh. I'm using the test to prove your motives. To expose your heart. Can you minister to one? Even when you got a prophecy about ministering to thousands. (sighs) Can you be faithful over a few? Before I make you ruler over many. See many of us are dismissing doors. Because it doesn't look like the room we feel like we're called to. Tell, tell the person beside you. Tell them it may not be the room you want. But it may be the door connected to it. Shh. Don't, don't discount. Don't discount. What you're facing. Some of you say, well, what's my assignment? I'm in this wilderness. What's my assignment? Serve what's in front of you. Serve in the wilderness. Pour everything you got into your right now. Some of you are distracted by the future. The future is supposed to be insp- to inspire you, not to distract you. I said, I could have took you an easier way. But I took you this way to prove what was in your heart and some of you you'll say stuff like oh with the Lord bring me out I'm gonna worship him oh when the Lord fixes it I'm gonna bless him oh you want to be like Miriam and them sisters that once they got over the Red Sea after all that complaining they started dancing but God is looking for some people who will worship him on this side of it <laughs> Do I, gotta, do I have somebody here can lift up your hands and says this wilderness has been longer than I anticipated. But I'm going to pass this test. I'm going to pass this test so I don't have to face it next year this time. I'm going to pass this I'm telling y'all. What's the point of all these tests? Because what you need to know is that your test is connected to a promotion. Nothing is wasted in God. (sighs) There's there's some miscellaneous pieces in my life. A lot of them have come together. And I said, oh, have anything ever happened for some of you all in this room? And you said, okay, that's why. Oh, that's why. This is when you know you got revelation. This is when you know you got revelation. When you stop wishing that things would have been different. I can't say everything I want to say because we're live streaming tonight. But somebody got mad the other day and called me. They were very angry. They got angry because some some people from my past reconciled with me. And they were upset. He was like, how dare they? You know, after all they did to you, how dare? I said, oh, hey, I'm good. I got a revelation it was meant to happen the way it happened see some of you are still rejecting the very thing that god is using to bless you and prosper you i want you to get ready to pass this test and some of you you got to say no i'm gonna gonna take a retake on this but i'm gonna give you a chance to pass this is a hard this is a hard test I ain't got a whole bunch of questions on it but this is a hard one can you lift your hands tonight and worship god for what tried to break you come on do it now come on no, no worship you got to use your mouth come on you got to use your voice come on can you worship god for the, for the people who mishandled you can you open up your mouth and worship god David said, it was good for me that I was afflicted. Can you open up your mouth and worship God for the job that you feel like you lost? And you wrongfully lost? Can can you lift up your voice and worship God for the promises that were made and the people didn't fulfill the promise? Can can you worship him? Because this is your test. Because until you can worship him for what he's already done you're not ready for what he wants to release to you can you worship in the wilderness can you worship him in the wilderness can you you worship him the bible says man shall not live by bread alone but every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of god I pray that you are blessed by the message today. And if you want to continue to get more inspirational, motivational, and even more gospel messages, I encourage you to follow our YouTube channel or subscribe to our podcast. And today we want to give you an opportunity to partner what we're doing domestically here at our local church and what we're doing all over the world. There are ways to give. And remember, when you sow, that seed may leave your hand, but it'll never leave your life. The Bible declares to us that when we sow, seeds are connected to harvest. Well, I want you to remember that I know what it feels like to cry until you have no more tears left to cry. But after you finish crying, don't stop. Get up and keep going.